Hello and welcome to the latest edition of NICE Talks. In this episode, we'll be speaking to NICE Chief Executive, Dr Sam Roberts. We'll discuss her first three months leading the organisation, her immediate priorities for the next 12 months, and how she plans to approach a rapidly evolving health and care landscape. Sam, welcome to the podcast. How have you found the first three months leading NICE? It's been wonderful. This is an extraordinary organisation, both in terms of its external reputation, but also in terms of the depth of expertise and commitment and sense of purpose of its staff. Before I came into NICE, I looked at it and thought, what an extraordinary organisation doing extraordinary work and what a, a kind of formidable reputation. And sometimes when you're in those circumstances and you come to work internally in the organisation, you realise it's just all kind of a surface veneer of being wonderful, but actually what goes on inside is a little bit shambolic or, you know, a little bit by the seat of the pants. And working at NICE has been the complete reverse. So I came into the organisation with, you know, huge respect for what we do, huge acknowledgement of the fantastic legacy that Andrew and Jill have created And when I came in and met everybody, internally it's even more impressive than it appears outside. Thank you. And can you give our listeners the highlights of your career so far? Yeah, highlights of my career. Well, biggest highlight, obviously, is that I'm a mum of three children. (laughs) Not quite a career, but but, um, it has interrupted my career at at various intervals. They're teenagers at the moment. But working around them, which I've had to do for most of my working life, most formative experience of my life was being a junior doctor in a London hospital. When working in health policy or working in providing advice, I often think back to that time and think, you know, what would I think of what I'm doing? What would the me, who's a kind of junior doctor on the ward, think of the advice we're creating, the policy we're creating? And that's what makes me really proud to work at NICE, is I can see that everything that we do every day makes that junior doctor's life actually easier and helps them to provide better care for patients. So that's the one highlight. Another highlight was probably I did a D-film in health economics. And in my first couple of weeks, I was told to attend a NICE committee. So I attended as a public member and I was sort of amazed at both the rigour and the methodical process that I saw. And then the last kind of chapter of my career has really been focusing on bringing innovation to patients as fast as possible. So I worked as NHS England as the Director of Innovation Research and Life Sciences and then the first Chief Executive of the Accelerated App Test Collaborative where we really looked at what stops doctors, patients, managers, nurses, radiographers, radiologists, etc., take up new innovations and how can we work with them to make those barriers more easily surmountable. So those are just some of the selected highlights. And there's some very impressive highlights. In an interview with The Lancet, you've described your role at NICE as being your dream job. From hearing about your previous roles, you seem an ideal fit for the organisation. You wanted to spend the first few months listening. What have you heard from the staff and external stakeholders that has struck a chord with you? So I'll take each in turn. So from staff, I've heard that, yes, this is actually an extraordinary organisation and people are very proud of the impact that we have on the care of people of this country to the wonderful colleagues with whom they work, who are both very smart, but also very caring and friendly. And then three is the pride in the quality of the work that we produce. 
that has, has kind of really struck a chord because as I said, it feels inside like it looks from the outside, which is rare in an organization. But I've also heard internally that there is a sense that, yeah, there's probably a bit of an opportunity for change. There is a bit of a way, a zeitgeist behind kind of updating our ways of working, making sure that we move with the times, not to be faddish, but to make sure that we're continuing to give the people that we serve the advice that they need. And that could be, are we providing advice in a format that is usable? Are we providing it um, timelessly enough? Do we have sufficient capacity to deal with all the innovation that's coming? So as well as, you know, can we just simplify some of the things we do internally by using good digital tools? The external message has kind of mirrored that. NICE is a phenomenal organisation. Organisations like ours come and go in government. There are very few that have our longevity and strength of reputation. So that is a rare and precious thing to protect. And the things that have made it so are independence, rigour and transparency. And that's what we need to nurture and protect till our dying breath. So none of that will change our purpose, our place in the ecosystem, the strengths that have made us so formidable up to this current day. External stakeholders have kind of mirrored the, the internal sense of probably a need to evolve that we're living in a much more complicated environment than we used to. There's a lot more innovation, both in pathways of care, roles of care, as well as medicine, devices, diagnostics, digital, than we've ever seen before. And the ecosystem in which we operate is a lot more complicated. NHS England's a lot different from how it was when we started. The Office of Life Sciences has grown up. We are now outside the EU, so our relationship with MHRA and others are slightly different. So both the ecosystem has changed and the rate and pace of innovation has changed. And there's a sense that we're going to have to significantly evolve to keep up with that. And that brings us nicely to my next question, which is about the next 12 months. You've worked with colleagues from across the organisation, the executive team and the NICE board to set out your three external priority areas for the next 12 months. Can you explain what these topics are and the reasons why NICE will be focusing on them? At the highest level, when I spoke to both internal and external stakeholders, I heard three things that we need to be more active in drawing in the improvements of care that are going to make the biggest difference, which speaks to topic selection. The second was that we need to provide more useful and usable advice, which speaks to advice that is generated rigorously but speedily and in helpful formats. And the third was that we need to work more actively to support adoption, particularly by coordinating national level bodies. So those are the three kind of macro messages that I heard on on the shape of the change to come. So then the job was to work with ET colleagues and then with the broader organization to say, what are examples of those changes that we think we could put into reality this year? And so we came up with three and I'll kind of explain how those three examples map to the three big changes. So you remember the first big change was we need to more actively draw in innovation. The priority that maps to that is to develop a program in medtech, which is devices, diagnostics and digital, where we give an early value signal on those technologies that look like they may be promising, but don't have all the evidence for final guidance. So in doing that, we need to really look into the ecosystem, draw in the most important technologies, and then we also need to provide rapid advice that can be used by the health system and the companies to generate the right evidence. The second priority that links with this useful and usable advice 
is publish one non-COVID living guideline. And the reason why we said that is because our strategy is full of discussion about a living guideline. And a lot of that work the team has already started to put in place, continuous updates, standing committees. But a lot of the work is still kind of in evolution. How are we going to publish the living guideline? How are we going to be able to kind of break up and use the content in other areas? So that's what this, this kind of priority for 22-23 is about, is saying, let's see what part of that truly living guideline can we deliver this year that's not the special case of COVID, because that has lots of special cases, and we know that we've delivered that very successfully in the past, but is something that is an example of how all guidelines could be delivered in future. The third also maps with useful and useful advice, which is to say, we know that many more medicines are going to be coming our way, and what we need to do is to develop a proportionate approach to appraising them so that for the lower risk medicines that we know quite well, we have a lighter touch approach and for the very complicated medicines, we have a more detailed approach. We're calling it a proportionate approach to health technology appraisals, but it's really about providing more useful and useful advice around medicines such that the, the rigour and the risk and the effort are all balanced. These are exciting times indeed. And we know the healthcare sector is rapidly evolving. The pandemic has shown us how innovative the manufacturers of drugs, diagnostics and devices can be in developing new technologies quickly and at scale. Is NICE in a position to evaluate these new products at the same pace? I think that we are for a few different reasons. If you look at the the landscape of devices, diagnostics and digital products, just as on a product by product basis, it looks kind of vast and unmanageable. But if you think about in our health system, what are the most important use cases? So things like digital cognitive behavioural therapy, preventing diabetes, remote monitoring of common conditions you start to see that there are a couple of use cases that would really make a difference to the population. So that's the first thing, is I think we now know enough about these technologies to be able to organise them into use cases and look at a a whole bunch of them together, not just look at one technology at a time. And that's exactly what the digital contingent appraisal priority is going to try to do, to say, can we organise technologies together, address a single use? Then the second thing is we're starting to take the same approach that we did with medicines, which is to say some of these products will need an early value signal, which is the digital contingent approval which we're starting with digital products this year and then moving on to all of the med tech portfolios, so devices and diagnostics in subsequent years. The early value assessment can be more streamlined than the final value assessment. And then the third thing is if we kind of get this motor humming of, okay, we know the important use cases, we've done an early value assessment on it, we know what data needs to be collected and we're kind of keeping in contact with the companies and the data collectors, et cetera, to figure out how that data collection is going. One would imagine that the final appraisal could be a little bit more streamlined. So I have to say on that last point, I'm not entirely sure that that I know how that's going to work. But I feel like this year we're at least going to have it go at the first two, which I think will put us in a good place for next year, thinking about, okay, how does that whole package fit together to mean that we are major players in the diagnostics of devices and digital markets? Thank you. And this is my final question, and it looks forward to the future. If we were to speak again in five years, what are you hoping your biggest three achievements as Chief Executive of NICE will be? I think the first and most important to me is I would want patient groups and practitioners at all levels of the system, whether they be social care leaders 
or jobbing clinicians or community psychiatric nurses, etc., to really feel like we are focusing on the big advances in care that there really is this virtuous loop between people saying, these are what we think is coming in terms of the evidence, us providing advice speedily based on that evidence in a format that can be incorporated in care, and so on and so forth. So I would really hope that people would say, yeah, nice is the guys you can go to when you know that the evidence is moving and you really want the up-to-date advice on what does it say. So that'd be the first thing. We really focus on the big problems. The second is that I'd love us to be part of that learning loop that the advice isn't a you know 70 page dusty old document that sits on people's shelves that they go to kind of once a year but that is part of both a patient's preparation for example before they go to an outpatient's appointment or is a part of a clinician's electronic health record that we are just seamlessly integrated into that delivery of care so that we're creating advice that it is getting to the people who need to act on it, that it's being incorporated into their care activity, whether it's an outpatient or whatever, and that we're getting the data back from that to say, oh yeah, it is being taken up, it isn't, we are seeing the outcomes we're expected we are. So I'd love that kind of learning loop um, to be in place. And then the third thing I would love, I'd love for it in five years time, for all of us internally to feel like, wow, we really did something extraordinary here. We wrote that five-year strategy with my wonderful predecessor, Jill. We wrote a lot of aspirations on a paper and we weren't quite sure we were going to get there, but actually we have done something extraordinary across that full breadth of health and care that is every day kind of changing the lives of people in this country. And I'd want us to feel really proud of ourselves. Sam, that's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you for joining us on this month's podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this month's edition of Nice Talks. We hope you found it interesting and useful. If you're not already a subscriber, hit the subscribe button now and recommend us to a friend or colleague. You'll find us on social media too. Search for at NiceComs. Until next time, 